the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Welcome back, and you're listening to Iron Real Estate. I'm Dottie Ehrman, um, representing real estate for Douglas Elliman, and I'm here with Ace, but it's Hughes Barb, our co- my co-host, and uh, he is with Citizens Bank. We want to thank Citizens for sponsoring our show, and he's our financial expert, and Steve Wagner, who is our uh, top, top attorney specializing in condos and co-ops. Uh, and we've been talking about residential real estate for the whole hour on New York opening up and coming back and people in the streets. And I'm thrilled to have um, Lois White, Weiss, who is considered the voice of real estate. And she's highly uh, respected when it comes to commercial real estate. She reports for and writes for and posts the real deal commercial observer, Visdom No Media, Daily Mail. Um, she has covered New York real estate for more than three decades. There's no one that knows more than her. Uh, and her photographs often accompany, accompany her articles. She is also an award-winning journalist. And so we're thrilled to have her. And Lois, we've been talking about residential, the city opening up, what we're seeing. I, I feel like we were all celebrating. Everyone's outside. They're happy. Uh, we were pretty, probably one of the hardest hit states, if not the hardest, and we're pretty closed down. I was telling everybody when I was in Florida, it was like I was in a different country. And real estate, all the prices are, are down. Um, they're coming back up and it is busy. And in a way, um, from my standpoint, we're seeing young people come in. Uh, who were forced not were, had to buy outside the city, they're coming back. And I think that uh, we, we talked about the, uh, the park they just built, that island, and all the things they're doing to make the city vibrant. And I think we're coming back with, we're going to come back with a, a different city, a better city. It'll be more balanced. I mean, at the end of, uh, right before the pandemic, the prices were so high that really... If you didn't have a lot of money, you couldn't, you just couldn't live here. So I think that in a way, a, an adjustment was good for the city, but we have not really concentrated. So the, the residential is, is, is off the wall. What about commercial? I mean, we're, we're, we're worried, concerned. How's that doing? Um, well, the commercial, um, the owners are all doing pretty well because the 
commercial tenants kept paying throughout this or they renegotiated their leases. It was very common early in the pandemic for um, the owners to extend the leases of the commercial tenants and give them a free rent period in the that would start then. Now, some of those tenants obviously are coming out of that free rent period now, uh, but you know, it's just in time for them to start working again and for their offices to be working. So they're in a lot better shape. The problem is that is the occupancy level. I mean, it's getting up into the 20, 25% as more people come back but all the real estate people are sitting in their offices working and the ten the other tenants are starting to come back and some are um, recognizing now, especially that while their people were productive at home and enjoyed it, the company culture couldn't move forward. And that's, the bigger companies are starting to hear that from the tech companies now and from uh, the financial firms. You couldn't mentor people. You couldn't really onboard them. There were no, there was no way to sort of get to know new employees. So, you know, the, but what the main thing that I see happening now is that the companies that put sublease space on the market thinking that their business was going to be toast. They didn't know what to do. They wanted to save money and try to get out of their lease. They are putting, they are taking that sublease space off and they're going to reoccupy the space. And one of the, you know, I think the poster child for that is rent the runway because they leased about 80,000 feet out in Brooklyn at 10 J street, which was a reinvention of an old waterfront warehouse building. They stripped the outside of it off, put in all glass, made a rooftop terrace, and rent the runway leases the top few floors. And they were the first company to say, wait, you know, everybody's in sweats. Nobody's renting, um, you know, clothes from us to go to events and, and balls. So they really got slammed. And they just took that space um, off the subleased market and they're going to reoccupy it because people are coming out of their sweats and they want to look nice now. I so know. That I, is a huge trend. Yeah, you know, when I got, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I said, my God, I haven't put on a business suit or I haven't put on. I almost felt weird. I had heels on. I was like, Oh my God, you get used to that. And it's so nice to see people dressed and out and about. Um, I was in a uh, Hudson Yards at uh, a gallery a couple, two weeks ago. Um, I wasn't even sure if they were open. So there was a piece of art that I saw when Hudson Yards had just opened up and they had those parties and there was a yes. gallery there. And so I remembered it, it stuck in my mind. And I called them and I said, are you open? They're like, yeah, we've been open ever since. So I said, okay, then I'm coming. So I went and everything in Hudson Yards was open. Every store was open. The only thing that was not open were the restaurants. Uh, there wasn't that many people yet, but I think that's gonna start to change as people get vaccinated. Uh, 
And I also think they underestimated the city as far as people coming back. Because if you go back to January, uh, a lot of us, a lot of people I saw, well, we're not going back. You know, there's not, it's not going to be the same. Um, and then when they were away from New York City for a couple of months, they realized they really missed it. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of people that temporarily left uh, are going to come back. Um, my question about, especially the office space, because commercial, I think you could tell everybody, commercial real estate encompasses a lot of different types of spaces, not just commercial. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about office space, which I think most people are most concerned about, yes, I think that there's nothing, you know, a Zoom meeting doesn't give you, doesn't build culture. And I know in the real estate industry, like if you're in the office, you learn a lot, you know, you can say to somebody, oh, do you know, uh, I have clients that are looking for this, this, and this, and somebody knows it. I mean, you, you really learn a lot from being around people in the office. And as you said, uh, I don't know if people realize how important culture is. So I think that's really, I think the, the uh, employees know that. But do you, maybe Steve, this is a legal question. Can you force someone to come back to work? <laughs> um, yes. I mean, unless there's some condition that would prevent them that would constitute a disability, you can require people to come back. And that's happening right now in the law profession. Uh, some of the uh, yeah. firms I hear about are no longer allowing um, uh, people to work exclusively remotely. Some of them are requiring them to return full time. And it, it, your, your, your idea about the culture, uh, Lois, and about mentoring and things like that, that's very important in exchanging ideas for the legal profession. So you, know, you are spot on in my view on that. Mm -hmm. the, the biggest problem now, I think, for the city is the restaurants. You know, people tell me in Midtown that they want to go out to eat, and, the, and a lot of the, the Midtown restaurants are closed. If you went around the edges of Manhattan, there's restaurants open in all the neighborhoods, as they are in Brooklyn and Queens and the Bronx, but the restaurants on, you know, Park, Madison, Fifth aren't open. I mean, you know, the good thing now, um, the pavilion, um, the uh, the Danu Blue restaurant is open now at one Vanderbilt. So a lot of the people in Midtown are happy about that. But they want to see, you know, the sweet greens and all the other small, um, you know, little chains start to open. And to do that, they need to have people come back to work. So that's going to be important. Well, I, I don't think people realize that if people aren't working in there, if they're working out of their homes, it affects all the small businesses because during lunch, there's no one, if you're home, you're not going to go out and get dressed to go to lunch. And you're not going to stop in that small, you know, as you're walking, see that handbag that you always wanted and you say, well, I'm just going to buy it. So, but I don't, but my, my feeling is that, and again, this is just my feeling. It doesn't mean that I'm correct is that a lot of companies are going to probably kind of do kind of a mixed bag where maybe not everyone comes in every single day. Maybe uh, some people come in three days a week, one week, and then the next week, two days and vice versa. Do you, 
I, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking there might be some hybrid because what's happening, yeah. at least when I talk to people, and I'm a baby boomer, like most of us, except for Ace, and I'm used to working every single day, okay? It would be odd for yeah. me to be off. I'm, I didn't know what to do with my time off. I'm so used to working. Then the pandemic hit. Of course, we were closed down. All of us were going crazy. Uh, and then working in the house kind of just didn't seem the same. But then after a while, not that I think that Zoom replaces personal interaction, but I said, maybe the millennials who really never, you know, the baby boomers kind of were a generation that for most part were like, hey, their job was that important and they didn't have free time and home time and this time and, matern and, and, and maternity leave for the father of a month. So, but, but the millennials wanted that. They said, we want to work hard, but we want to get paid a lot. But we also want to value our time with our families or doing things that we like. So I saw that trend happening before the pandemic. And since uh, millennials really represent the largest population now, do you think that'll somehow be a hybrid of it? And as a result of that, the office space, people's needs for as much office space will be less? I don't think that they're gonna be giving up office space so much because um, what they're doing is making more amenity space. And um, among the real estate, you know, offices and uh, the companies, they're looking to reimagine the space to, so that people want to come back to the office. So, you know, they want the coolest office now. They want a place where people can interact so that it's fun to come back. And, and like my daughter said, the people she knows with young children, the ones that are dying to get away from the kids and back to the office. So that's, uh, you know, another thing that's, that's stopping this is the hybrid school. We need to get the children back in, in school five days a week, and that'll free up the parents to go to their own offices. So well, that, I know that's in the another city, issue. In the city, my daughter's a teacher, and uh, they had the choice of teaching remote or going to school every day. And my daughter chose to go to school every day because uh, she didn't want to be home. But she told me um, that out of a class of about 28 kids, only about eight or nine would show up, that most parents kept their kids back. But as well, of September now, um, as of September, the school year, you won't, there's no more remote. And if a teacher doesn't want to work as far as going into the school every day, unless she has some, you know, existing condition that prevents her or him, um, then they're just not going to have a job. Yeah. Well, I think that that's good news when people put their foot down and say, let's, let's start this up again. And, you know, just getting back to the, um, the you know, the commercial world, I was at, the um, groundbreaking for an affordable project last week in the Bronx on the river, on the, on the Harlem River. And it was sort of this amazing groundbreaking because it's going to include a 53,000 square foot condominium as community space. And they're going to put in the Universal Hip Hop Museum. So 
it was like a party for this groundbreaking with all these rappers there, plus the mayor and the Bronx borough president, Carl Heasty came down from Albany and all their speeches were little raps from the songs that influenced them as young kids growing up. And they were pointing out that hip hop created you know, this industry and employs and millions of people now who want to make music. So that's going to be a big boost to the Bronx. You know, it's going to open in a couple of years. It's and the bridge across is right there. You walk right into Harlem. But, you know, the 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 atmosphere was a party. People were wearing masks but not social distancing. And there was a lot of freedom about it. And I think as people start going back to their offices, they're going to feel that freedom when they're vaccinated. And um, so I don't think that as long as they don't have to be six feet apart, that throws out all these um, you know, crazy contraptions that people were trying to make and the plexiglass and the and the rules and no touching. So as the COVID rate stays low and and you have to predicate that, that I think people will get more comfortable being out and about and, you know, just living well, their lives. I was at, I forgot, brother, Wednesday, and, you know, uh, you couldn't get a table there. I mean, it was jammed. Um, you couldn't get a table. And I will say there's a lot of restaurants midtown that aren't open. I guess that's because of business. But I, 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 I you know, I, I've been, I just felt that it was back and you could see the energy and you saw people and everyone was happy. And again, just to see people and to yeah. socialize with them. And I would think the same thing at work. I mean, it's great being uh, in your sweatsuit okay on a zoom meeting but after a while that gets tiresome too so i i, I but do you do you see anything like on the leases are they are they reducing rent or the terms different or you seem pretty much the same well i have to say that they the commercial brokers have really seen an excitement in the last few weeks and that excitement they said is resulting not only in proposals but um, there's some, uh, you know, real uh, negotiations starting to, and moving towards term sheets and leases. So these big companies haven't stopped doing their work or their, um, their research on where they're going to be expanding to. Um, and there's some, you know, other celebrations coming on Monday. Deutsche Bank is going to rename the Time Warner Center. So they're going to be, it's going to be the Deutsche Bank Center. And that's, really? you know, another, another um, you know, uh, I guess, point in history where things change. And those stores are open. Um, the um, hotels are starting to open. I mean, many, many hotels. The addition, which everybody thought was going to close up and never reopen, they're open. Um, so the hotel people are telling me that they're, you know, realizing that New York's coming back. And you'll also see hotels where the homeless were staying. They'll be refreshed. 
they can't, you know, start to open up these rooms where the homeless were staying to tourists without going through a lot of um, changes. And well, you know, I want to talk about that because right after the break, I was talking to somebody at the end of the town. They sat. They are busy, and they stayed open throughout. They said they're busy on the weekend. Busy, but obviously during the week where there were business trips, and they did those kind of conventions. That's the off. If you're a homeowner, then you know your home is your biggest investment. And now so many homes have had to become your office as well. Hey, let's decide that this year is the last time you'll ever have to paint your house again. Talk to my friend Susan at Rhino Shield to find out about this unique process. Rhino Shield is a coating. It looks like paint, but it seals and waterproofs your house or building and bonds completely to wood, brick, stucco, aluminum, vinyl, or block. Rhino Shield comes in any color you want and has insulating and soundproofing qualities and is guaranteed to never crack, chip, peel, or mold for 25 years. One person will visit your home, walk the outside, take the measurements, and you'll be emailed an estimate. Right now, Susan is offering no payments, no interest financing for one year. Call for a free estimate today, 877-744-6608. That's 877-744-6608. Rhino Shield. It's not paint. Rhino Shield is a proud Gold Shield member. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing, but are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo for Pat Lafreda Meat Purveyors. You know they supply many of New York and New Jersey's finest restaurants. Yes, like 1,600 of those restaurants. Now you can get the same high-quality selection of meats for your most important customer, your own family. Lafreda deals in only premium 100% black Angus cattle raised and grazed in the United States. Their only focus is meat. You won't find any frozen side dishes or any gimmicks here. Offering every kind of meat in every cut like a tomahawk bone-in ribeye porterhouse center cut filet just to name a few supplying only the highest quality beef pork lamb veal poultry and america's best burger chopped meat blends shipped overnight cut the night you place your order and always fresh never frozen order online please at lafreda.com l-a-f-r-i-e-d-a lafreda.com It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Back with listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with Ace Plus Two Part, myself, Dottie Herman. 
Stephen Wagner and uh, Lois Weiss. And we had first hour talked all about commercial, uh, residential and how that's come back and prices have uh, dropped. However, it is busy uh, and it's allowing people that were, were priced out of New York City to actually be here. And I think it's gonna be a younger New York City, uh, which is good. It's like when I used to come here when I was a kid and it was all young, everybody was here young and we would go to those little stores and hopefully those all those little boutiques and go to Washington Square and it was just great. Um, and then it got very residential. And I, I have to say, Lois, I had just started Douglas Elliman when Time Warner opened. So yeah. they had that grand opening. And uh, of course I went and I was probably here about a month. And I thought to myself, I didn't say it, but I thought to myself, well, this is beautiful, but it looks like a mall, a big mall that you'd have in the suburbs. And, but it was new for New York City um, as because uh, they didn't have them. And so I'm hoping, and I don't know what you're thinking. And again, I said, there's all different types of commercial. We were talking about office leasing, but I'm hoping that the retail spaces that will get some uh, kind of, new businesses that are different that have a, a you know a different you know some different kind of businesses that you know sell different type of things or some of the uh, stores that we you know other than the big chains um but the big yeah. chains were the only ones that could afford those places so i'm hoping that maybe because that's how i remember it when i was young i mean it was all little shops and little boutiques and it was kind of very neat i mean i i thought it was great what do you think on retail? The rents have certainly come down on retail, and I think that's really good. And there are people like Helena Durst who have uh, obtained a lot of donated retail space, and they're putting in some of the smaller uh, flea market people who have done well at the craft shows and things like that, and they're donating that space to them. So they're running a lot of um, sort of short pop-ups with different uh, retailers around town. So if you um, look around, you might find some of those. Uh, um, Bryant Park is running a pop-up retail market there um, in June. So that's going to be very exciting. And, you know, just like they do at Christmas, but they want to, bring in some young retailers with cool merchandise to liven up the park, to show their back and to, um, you know, get some energy back in, in these places that have been very quiet. So you will see um, things like that. Um, uh, Hudson Yard started a farmer's market on Tuesday and Thursdays. So and they're going to be showing films on this huge screen and sporting events and stuff like that. Again, so the 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 people that have grand spaces are activating them. The same with Rockefeller Center. They're um, redoing the underground concourse to be ready for the fall. So there'll be a lot of shopping there and the stores are all open. Um, you might be surprised. So, and, you know, there'll be better signage and you'll be able to get down there a lot easier. And it's not just for the tenants. So I think we're going to start to see 
that improvement. And especially because the retail rents have significantly dropped. It's an opportunity and what all you brokers call the flight to quality. You take the opportunity to upgrade your space and change it. And if you don't have a space, it gives you an opportunity to come into the market where you might not have been before. I mean, the meat market is hopping. That whole area is open with a lot of stores open. So it really depends on where you are in, in the city and what kind of experience you're seeing. Yeah, well, is, is Facebook, I heard, are they moving to of yours? Everybody's moving it back and bringing back their people on different phase, move, you know, bring backs. I think, we, you know, but I think by the end of the fall, um, sort of before Thanksgiving, I think you'll see everybody back at work. You know, they'll try to, the companies I keep hearing, they're, you know, they're going to start to phase people in. Some people in August, some in September, then we hit the Jewish holidays. And then you'll really see people coming back. Right. Um, and the summer usually is quieter anyway. I mean, even, uh, even before the pandemic, because people generally, you know, maybe if they have a second home or they travel, kids are off from school. So, uh, you know, Broadway's coming back, what, September? September, so, absolutely. Yeah, right in I time. Talking, yeah, I was talking to Wendy and um, they're coming back in September. Uh, I think that you're going to, as as I said, a lot of the hotels that I'm speaking to are, a lot of them are waiting till September. Some of them are open now. Um, they're pretty busy on weekends, the ones that are open. Um, where they're hurting is during the week when they had a lot of businesses who did conventions and they all got together. So, and I think that's going to take a while. But my guess is everyone says, well, when do you think the city's going to come back? I think it's come back a lot quicker than I really thought it would myself. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I see it, I feel it. I, and I think that there was a period of time when everything was locked up here. There was no place open and people were like going wherever they went. They were afraid of the virus. And then there was nothing here to go to. And they might've then said, you know what, forget it. I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to stay. But I think that now um, it, it's a lot quicker and people really miss the diversity because there is no city like New York City. There really isn't. Um, now, let me ask you a question. Now, this is not about commercial necessarily, but, with, you know, with the crime, you know, you know, I think it's like I, I don't I don't ever get political, but I tell everybody, please follow the candidates, decide who you like, but go and vote. Absolutely. And the more I hear about the rank choice voting, which is this quirky thing where you vote for up to five candidates and put them in order of how you like it, like them. And, and there'll be different rounds of counting. And there's a lot of strategies behind it. Some people say just vote for the one you want. But you may that one may not get enough votes then to be in the next choice. So they're saying to absolutely, you know, um, rank your five. And you really, the good news is that some of the candidates are waking up to crime, 
the bad news is that not all of them are seem to be understanding how to handle it. I mean, you know, there's a guy arrested um, for a gun crime who was already out on a gun crime. You know, there's no reason for that in awaiting trial. These people, that's their job. Their job is to rob. Their job is to hurt other people. They have nothing else to do. And, you know, so that is a problem. But the more people that are out on the street, it, it becomes less, few, less crime because there aren't those places where nobody is uh, to get that to happen. And the same thing was as they move people, the homeless, back to the regular shelters with, with the congregate shelters that had the services, they'll be back on the meds. When, when your social worker is meeting with you over the phone and you can't get your medication or they can't find you, that leads to the mentally ill being um, committing more crimes because they don't know what they're doing, literally. So, um, and by the way, homelessness is not just a problem in New York City. It's a problem in a lot of cities. Um, a lot. So, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's becoming a bigger and bigger problem. But I think sometimes people think it's like, oh, well, it's just New York. And they saw uh, San Francisco, obviously, was publicized all over. Okay, so, but it's really a problem in a lot of states that you would not even think of. But I have friends that say, so it's a problem that they have to figure out of not, you know, it's, there's a lot of figuring out to do, but any tips you want to give everyone? Like, again, if you're a retail and you're looking for retail, the prices are really down. Okay. It's an opportunity to have a business in New York city that probably as, as they did with residential, locked a lot of people out. Um, and I think it's a wonderful opportunity for small businesses. And that was really what made, New York City, you know, I mean, the the big Time Warners and the uh, Hudson Yards are great, but that's not, you know, but, but we've always had those little boutiques. Restaurants are getting busy. Um, as long as they're open, it's hard to get reservations. I know the few that I'm in Midtown, so few that are open, you really have to go crazy. In the Hamptons, there's so many people there. And that's why I think you're right. Until the summer is uh, over and we really start next year, you cannot get a reservation for like three weeks. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> it's very, very frustrating. So, you know, um, there's also a lot of sublease space that's still on the market. So those will be good deals for a company that wants to, you know, try something out for two or three years without a long commitment and see how their business does if they want to get out. And there's still co-working space. So Lois, thank you so much. We're going to follow you and hope you'll come on and keep giving us updates. But we see very positive things happening in residential, commercial. And of course, I tell people, I'm not Pollyanna. I just give it to you the way I see it. And so does Lois and all of us on the back. We'll be right back. Thank you. Lois, have a great weekend. And Thank you. With us. Bye. Absolutely. Bye. Anytime. Stay safe. Hi, Kevin McCullough. As you know, my friend, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop just by making the best pillow, which he did. Now Mike has gone and done it again, introducing 
my slippers. Uh, Mike has taken over two years to develop these slippers. They are designed to wear indoor and out all day long. Made with MyPillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, they are also made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable that you'll want to get some for the whole family. Call 800-651-0798 and use the promo code AM970 or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listeners square and use promo code AM970. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, my favorite, and MyPillow towel sets. Call 800-651-0798 and use the promo code AM970. Dear Cancer, if you think you're going to put my life on hold, think again. I did my homework, and I found a cancer treatment option that requires no surgery, minimal downtime, and virtually no side effects. It's called Proton Therapy at Procure Proton Therapy Center. Proton Therapy targets cancer tumors more precisely than traditional radiation therapy, with less radiation to nearby healthy tissues. And thanks to Procure, I don't have to travel far for treatment. Located in Somerset, Procure is New Jersey's most experienced proton therapy center, offering the most advanced form of radiation with the most precise technology. That's right, cancer. I still have the choice and energy to go on that hike with friends or spend a Saturday afternoon with my grandkids. I chose proton therapy at Procure, and now my hope has been restored. I'm living my best life. If you've been diagnosed with cancer, visit Procure.com or call 855-3-PROTON today. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation, as you know, has been supporting our nation's heroes and their families since 9-11. And to mark 20 years this year, the foundation is giving 120 mortgage-free homes to Gold Star and fallen first responder families with young children and catastrophically injured veterans and first responders. To honor America's fallen heroes, the foundation's chairman and CEO, Frank Siller, is walking from the Pentagon to Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and on to ground zero. His more than 500-mile journey through six states in 42 days begins August 1st and fittingly finishes on 9-11 at Ground Zero. It's a moving tribute. The foundation is bringing back Towers of Light to the memorials at the Pentagon and in Shanksville in September. Help America to never forget America's greatest heroes. Do good, please, in their honor. Please help out. It's only $11 a month. It goes to T2T.org. It's just like that. T, the number two, and then T.org. So proud to tell you about the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. I'm here with Ace Water Two Parts, Steve Wagner, and myself, Dottie Herman. And we just talked all about residential. Now we talked all about commercial. And uh, we started to talk of, about bidding wars that are happening. Uh, so I want to take a few minutes uh, to tell you and, and, and to just go through that when you make an offer, and see, this happens all the time, but when you make an offer at the purchase offer, and a lot of times I don't see this done. A lot of times I don't see anything put in writing, but the purchase offer should be the have the address, the legal description of the property, the sales price, the terms, because the terms are very important. Um, if there's any contingencies like subject to a mortgage, um, a, amount of down payment that you're putting down, 
uh, and the method by which real estate taxes, rent, fuels, and water bills, okay, the type of deed, and, and you need to have a sign. In other words, I see a lot of, and then I always, you know, I used to, when I was on Long Island, always have a check that, like, was a deposit that was made out to the seller. Um, what happens a lot of times, Steve, and uh, people really get confused, they call it to complain. Let's just uh, play Ace, you're the seller, and I'm the bar, and I'm one of the buyers, and Ace accepts my offer. And he says verbally, uh, Dottie, I'm going to accept your offer for $1 million too, and you're going to put 20% down, and you're going to be in contract within a week, and you're closing in three months. And I say, great, now I have a house, I just want to have the engineer's report, and Two hours later, or could be the next day, I get a call and the broker gets a call and says, though he's the seller accepted somebody else's offer. They bid more. I mean, how do we, you know, I could tell you my opinion, but I'd rather legally you talk about, I mean, that happens all the time to us because people sometimes think that if somebody verbally accepts your offer, that that's, enough and it's not oh can you give us a little insight on that um a uh if it's uh not in writing uh it's the agreement is unenforceable for the sale of uh real estate um and uh what can happen is when somebody makes an offer um, they'll put it in writing and try to get an acceptance which actually forms a contract. Um, now it's customary, of course, to send it over, the, law, the broker sent a deal sheet over to the lawyers, the lawyers prepare a, a contract. But if, unless you have a writing that sets forth the basic terms of the deal, um, uh, there's no guarantee that you're going to be the buyer because the seller is not bound. One other thing is that when lawyers send out the contracts, they say that in a cover letter and probably in the contract itself, that the contract is not binding until a executed counterpart is returned to the purchaser. So you could even negotiate a contract, have that contract sent and signed and deliver it to the seller with the contract deposit, the down payment. And in, in, according to the documents themselves, it's not binding until the seller signs it and sends it back. So in other words, okay, and I think a lot of people don't get this, but if you just make an offer and the seller accepts it and the broker says, okay, he accepted your offer, but you didn't fill out all the paperwork with all the terms and then give a check and sign that, um, an oral, oral offer is not really enforceable. And then you want to get it as soon as possible. So you want to make sure you work with an attorney that, you know, and when you're interviewing attorneys, and let me say this, and that is why I always tell you use a real estate attorney. When you're interviewing attorneys, first of all, ask them if they're going to be around and ask them how quickly they work. Because it's I've watched certain attorneys, especially when they're doing a favor for somebody where it's like the son-in-law or somebody that's a relative that they think they're going to get it cheaper or where they don't call, they, they don't move on it. 
okay? And time is of the essence. If you are, if you want something and you want that that property, you need to get that that paperwork done, any and 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 the seller to sign it as quickly as possible, which means both parties have to really move it. And so you want to make sure that's the question you ask your attorney. Um, and what about contingencies? Like if you, like on residential homes, I always tell people you should have an engineer's report because you, you're really not going to know structural damage. Now, I will say some people are giving it up because they want the house that badly and they're prepared to say whatever's wrong with it that I don't know, I'll take the chance. But if you are having an engineer, which I do recommend, at least if you say I'll have it within two or three days, or like you know, in the contracts that your engineer's report will be done by two days, then at least the seller is not going to get stuck with something on the market for a week or so. Um, so I would tell you that you should have that in there if you want to get your bid accepted. That if you're going to have an engineer's report, that it would be done in the first two days. Uh, or right away. I mean, any tips like that? We we get the contracts out the same day, unless it unless the. Well, that's why you want to use someone like you. And I don't say that just because I I I I know who you are and I know how you work and I know that you're a great real estate attorney. But I can tell you, I've been in business a lot of years. Many don't. Many don't. And so when you're interviewing attorneys. That's a question you should ask. And maybe Steve, you can tell people when they're in, you know, in a bar and so what what type of questions would you would you ask uh, when you're interviewing attorneys? Uh, what type of experience they have, um, whether they do the closings themselves or whether somebody else in the office does it, how they charge, whether it's a flat fee or an hourly. Um, and um, just as you said, how quickly um, uh, you know they can get the contract out, and not just experience, experience with the type of property exactly. that, that you have. Um, a, a former uh, associate of mine um, has a business where all he does is um, purchases and sale of uh, apartments, um, and his price is lower than ours. Um, but we offer a different service, and this is something you should inquire about too. I mean, we read the minutes, we read the offering plan, we um, check the financials in detail, the lawyers do. And, you know, my feeling is that this is a large purchase, and it may be the largest investment that the people you're representing make in their lives. You want to make sure that they have a good idea what they're stepping into. Some... Oh, especially if you're in a co-op or condo, uh, you better really understand that perspective and really understand. And you, I really wouldn't ever suggest someone do that without having an attorney who, who that's what they do and that's what they know. Yeah, there, uh, there are tips too. I mean, if you look at the financials, you can actually tell whether the business, the co-op or condo is being well run and whether or not they're likely to have large increases in the future by how much they've invested in the building in the past. That's all in the financial statement. Um, and uh, the reserve funds are all very important things. So for example, my firm offers a different service how than the former associate. We're, we're, we offer a higher level of care 
And some people just want to do it as cheaply as possible. That's I, I can't do that for my clients. I want to make sure they know what they're getting into, not just. Well, all I can say is it's like the largest investment most people make in a lifetime. So, you know, I don't I don't I don't go for going to a penny saver and just finding some guy that charges nothing. It's it's, it's you and you need an attorney that specializes in it. In it. Ace, what are your tips? What are you know, as far as, you know, in the market we're in, what do you see uh, with interest rates? Do you think they're going to hold for a while? Yeah, they're going to hold Dottie. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't foresee us seeing any increases in rates. You know, I, I think in terms and, of this, yeah, go ahead. Daddy. And if somebody is looking to buy a home and they want to get the pre uh, commitment. Okay. How long does that take? They should contact someone at citizens bank. They should contact Steve or somebody that does, or an attorney that they're going to use, but how long does it take, you know, for them to, actually have a commitment, a pre-approval, um, so that when they are looking, they could, if they find something they like, they can have, they can have that in place. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fairly quick, Dottie. Um, it could be within 24 hours. Um, you know, the buyers just have to be prepared and that's why this show is so great, Dottie. So when you go there, make sure that you're preparing your income statements, right? Your W-2, um, for the last two years, your bank statements, showing your savings for the down payment and then make sure that they run your credit. So it's, it's all about preparation and being prepared, Dottie, you know, and then that'll really be. So the maybe next between. week you can, you yeah. know, really tell people what they have to do to be prepared so that that happens in 24 hours. Exactly. And obviously if they're borrowing money from a parent or something, that's a whole nother. Correct. Uh, not that it can't happen, but it takes time so we're in a market, and I, I don't say this in all markets, you know, but we're in a market when th- things don't last and they're quick. And you want to make sure that when it's the right stop, whether it's a co-op or a condo or a residential home, that you're prepared. I think we're coming to the end of a, a great show, and it's great to be with everybody. Have a great weekend. Look at the weather. It's nice the whole weekend, I hope. A great week. We'll be back next week. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 